Welcome to the Anchored Podcast with Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I am so excited that you've tuned in, and it is my prayer that these messages will always help you to remain anchored, regardless of what storm or what season you're navigating. I pray that God would speak to your heart today and that you will never, ever, ever be the same again. Stay connected to Fellowship Chicago. This is Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I pray you stay anchored. Peace, peace. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14 reads like this. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was hurriedly brought out of the dungeon. When he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was hurriedly brought out of the dungeon. When he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. That's enough. I want to talk about this very simply. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Thank you. You may be seated. I did not say you will be all right. I say you'll be all right. Tell the neighbor beside you, look him right in the face, say, I know you got a lot on you. Tell him, but you'll be all right. 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 Would you pause with me to listen to the words of, well, a legend in her own words answer a profound question. I stumbled upon this video and although I've listened to it over a week ago, the words still stick with me, and I pray they stick with you. Let's listen to the inimitable voice of Toni Morrison. How do you survive whole in a world where we're all victims of something? It's to both of you. Um, how do you survive whole? I can't do this quickly, Juan. Okay. How can you survive whole and when we're victims of something? Um, you know, that's a nice, big, fat, Eastern, Western philosophical question about uh, how do you get through? Sometimes you don't survive whole. You just survive in part. Um, but the grandeur of life is that attained. It's not about that solution. It is about, you know, being as fearless as one can and behaving as beautifully as one can under completely impossible circumstances. It's that that makes it elegant, good, can and just hear? more interesting. Uh-huh. Can we play that again and more turn it up so we can hear it? More demanding. Media, y'all will be all right. But, but turn it up so we can hear it. You know, she speaks softly. I want us to hear what Sister Morrison is saying. Turn it up for us. It's too rich. How do you survive whole in uh -huh. a world where we're all victims of something? It's to both of you. Um, how do you survive whole? I can't do this quickly, Juan. Okay. How can you survive whole? And when we're victims of something. Um, you know, that's a nice, big, fat, Eastern, Western philosophical question about uh, how do you get through. Sometimes you don't survive 
whole, you need to survive in art. Um, but the grandeur of life is that attempt. It's not about that solution. It is about, you know, being as fearless as one can and behaving as beautifully as one can under completely impossible circumstances. Thank you so much, media team. It's that. Y'all give Miss Toni Morrison that a hand. Good, it's just more interesting. Toni Morrison in 1993 became the first black woman to receive the Nobel Prize in Literature. In 2012, President Obama presented her with a Medal of Freedom. Her first book that was released around 1970 was entitled The Bluest Eye. She unequivocally and unapologetically would let people know, I write for black folks. I write to capture the story and the essence and the pain and the joys that African Americans feel. Toni Morrison used her entire ministry, if you could call it that, her entire work, her artistry, was to capture what it meant to be black in the United States of America. She's asked on this stage in 2001, how do you survive whole? How do you survive whole when we're all victims of something? Did you hear what she said? Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just survive in part. But the grandeur, the fascination, the excitement about life is not trying to come out whole. It's just attempting to come out at all. The grandeur of life is to come out as fearless as you can. And then she adds, to behave as beautiful as one can under impossible circumstances. Something about what she said freed me. Because often we want to survive in whole. We want to come out and be all the way all right. We want to be perfect. We want to be pristine. We want to be polished. We want to come out powerful. We want to come out like we are more than conquerors. We want to come out like, and, 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 and here's what we like to say, you don't even look like what you've been through. We like to come out and not even look like what we've been through. But the truth is, sometimes you come out and you do look like what you've been through. But the testimony is, at least I've come through what I've been through. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway, uh, who wrote uh, decades and decades before Toni Morrison, wrote a book entitled A Farewell to Arms. And this is what Ernest Hemingway says, the world breaks everyone and afterwards many are strong at the broken places. He continues to go on to say, but those that will not break, it kills. The world breaks everyone and afterward, many are strong at the broken places, but those that will not break, it kills. Sometimes I've got to embrace the fact that life breaks me. Sometimes I have to embrace the fact that I'm not feeling my best, that this has affected me, that this has caused grief, that this has left me wounded, and this has scarred me, and I'm not all right. But I've got to let life break me because if I allow it to break me, it's possible I can be made strong at my broken places. And if I don't let it break me, it might kill me. 
it's, it's, it's what my therapist told me when I expressed to her in August and September that my grief feels just as heavy in August and September as it felt in February when my grandmother passed and she said, can I tell you why I think the grief is still there? She said, because sometimes our desire to move forward is a sign of avoidance. And when you try to avoid the brokenness, when you try to avoid the pain, when you try to avoid the thing that has hurt you the most, what you do is postpone your healing instead of just facing it, instead of saying, I'm not all right, instead of saying, I don't feel all right, instead of just saying, this has hurt me, this has broken me, if I allow it to break me, it might not kill me. Oh, I'm talking this morning. But for those who try to avoid being broken, those who try to pretend like it didn't affect you, it might kill you, but you got to become content saying, I might come out of this thing not in whole, but in part, but at least with God's help, I have the power to come out of it at all. Can somebody who knows what I'm talking about help me thank God that you have come out of so many things that should have robbed you of your life, snatched everything out of you that you had in you, but I'm not whole, but I'm here. I ain't perfect, but I'm alive. I'm breathing. And we pause to celebrate cancer survivors. We pause to celebrate domestic violence survivors today because some of us have been broken, but the truth is you're broken, but you're breathing. I don't even know who I'm talking to today, but I have made up my mind. Even if I can't come out whole, I'm going to come out in part. And I'm going to embrace the grandeur, the fascination, the splendor, the fantastical experience of just trying to behave as beautiful as I can, act as fearless as possible, because we are living in some impossible circumstances. Did you hear what Toni Morrison said? It's impossible. Everywhere you look around the world, the globe, it's impossible circumstances. One out of four women will face domestic violence in their lifetime. One out of eight men will face domestic violence in their lifetime. Did you see that mass shooting in Maine, in Lewiston, Maine? There were only 13 homicides up until this point in the state of Maine. Maine? I didn't even know people lived in Maine. Maine, 18 people killed by a man who was dealing with a fractured mental health crisis. A man who walked in a bowling alley and just opened up and began to kill people at bowling alleys and bars. Have you seen the impossible circumstances going on over in Hamas at the Gaza Strip where hospitals and homes and refuge centers are being bombed and women and children and babies and infants are being killed by people in the military on the other side of the wall in Israel and there are church people religious people who believe that because Israel is the place where Jerusalem sits as the capital that we ought to back Israel no matter what Israel decides to do because
because that's where God is going to come back to get us. And the Bible says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yeah, we're going to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Chicago. But when somebody is killing innocent children, when an entire nation is dropping bombs and nuclear airstrikes on innocent people, somebody got to step up and say, this ain't all right. And yeah, 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 we, we, we know Judaism came from, from Abraham. We know that, uh, that Islam came from Abraham. It is out of Ishmael, Abraham's first son, where you get the tenets and the religion of Islam. It is out of uh, Abraham's second son, Isaac, where you get the tenets and the religion of Christianity and Judaism. And really what you see right now are these two brothers feuding. But the Bible says that Ishmael and Isaac were able to make up before they died and just like there was reconciliation in scripture I believe that there can still be re reconciliation today amongst the Jews and the Muslims and the Christians we all in one family we all talking about one God we all pointing back now your route may be different than my route but at the end of the day we all are supposed to be living this thing out to show the love of God am I making sense it's impossible circumstances and yet you got to show up and try to live under impossible circumstances I was in DC for a few moments this week and I saw the Washington Post and on the front page all I saw was devastation all I saw was death and death tolls rising and, and, and I know that even if I don't talk about what's going on in the world even if I don't talk about what's happening in our country I can walk straight up to your front door and walk in your living room and sit down and cross my leg and we can sip tea on just talking about all you carry all that you're trying to navigate all of the impossible circumstances that you carry in your family. And look, and, and, and I don't even know what a miracle it is that you made it to church today. What a miracle it is that you were able to put your clothes on and then put your shoes on your head and your hat on your feet. What a miracle it is you still in your right mind. I'm about to walk right up to you. Don't, don't you act like I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking about your family crazy, your money crazy, your mind is going to feel like it's going crazy everywhere you look. It's just one thing after another. But God let me get all the way back from the A-Town to tell y'all three little words. You're going to be all right. I don't care what it is going on in your life life or what's going on in the world because we have a sovereign God because we've got a God who sits high and looks low I need you to look down your row and tell somebody that look like they're just as happy as you are tell them you're gonna be all right I know it's heavy but you're gonna be all right I know it's a lot of weight on you but you're gonna be all right I know your family is on you and you can feel the pressure in your shoulders your sleep has been disturbed you don't want to drink but you're just trying to find a relief from something and somebody you listen you go I came under the anointing to tell you that whatever it is you're we all know we gonna die one day I ain't talking about avoiding death I'm talking about why you alive you gonna live with some you're in some joy and some strength and some vitality you gonna have some sunshine in your life yeah you're gonna be all right and after all that Joseph went through Joseph sits in this text today to remind us under impossible circumstances, even when 
I can't come out in whole. I might come out in part, but there's still the potential for me to come out. Because the Bible says in verse 14 that Pharaoh ended up hurriedly calling Joseph out of the dungeon. Now he's in the dungeon because his trifling brothers sold him into slavery. He's in the dungeon because after he became a slave, he was at Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife lied on him and now he's thrown in prison, which is a dungeon, but God set the circumstances up for his victory that, 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 that the highest ranking man in power hurriedly called him out of a dungeon, which lets me know whatever dungeon I'm in, whatever low place I'm in, whatever dark place I'm in, that's not my last stop. It's a pit stop, but it's not my last stop. I feel like preaching. And all I want to do is interrogate this text today to let you know how you and I have the potential for things to be alright. Do y'all want to know it? Y'all want to know it? No. Alright, here it is. Here's how I know it's going to be alright. Here's how I know it was alright for Joseph and here's how I know it's going to be alright for us no matter what it is because Joseph, like us, we can have inspirational incarcerations. We can have inspirational incarcerations. Tell your neighbor, you can have an inspirational incarceration. Now, you do know what it means to be incarcerated. It means be locked up, won't let me out. It means I'm in jail. It means that somebody has me in stocks. I have been, I have been in bondage. I'm incarcerated. But what I love about this, y'all, is that Pharaoh has a dream. Y'all remember last, last week, he has a dream about seven uh, fat cows and seven skinny cows, and the seven skinny cows eat up the seven fat cows. He dreams about these full ears of corn and these little famished ears of corn, and the seven famished ears of corn eat up the firm full ears of corn. And what it symbolizes as we learn later is that there's going to be seven years of plenty and surplus and then there's going to be seven years of famine and if we're not careful here the seven years of famine are going to eat up the seven years of plenty and so Pharaoh has this dream and he gets disturbed and verses 9 through 13 y'all it's so easy that I'm embarrassed to tell you what happens Pharaoh is disturbed go to verse 9 go to verse 9 I don't want y'all to think I'm making this up alright he's disturbed he's having a dream he's restless verse 9 then the chief cut bearer to the Pharaoh said I remember my faults today once Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard is it on the screen can y'all see what I'm reading uh-huh we dreamed on the same night he and I each having a dream with his own meaning a young Hebrew was there with us a servant of the captain of the guard when we told him he interpreted our dreams to us giving an interpretation to each according to his dream as he interpreted to us so it turned out now I don't know if y'all just heard what I heard but the cupbearer to Pharaoh was thrown in prison when he was in prison with the chief baker whatever trouble they got in they had dreams while they were in prison they met a young Hebrew slave named Joseph while they're all in prison, Joseph is still helping other people with their dreams. Everybody's incarcerated. Everybody's locked up. But Joseph decided, even though I'm in a situation in an impossible circumstance, I have a gift to interpret dreams. I'm going to still operate in my gift, even through my grief. I'm not going to let a space 
take my substance. I'm not going to let a place ruin my purpose. Preach sharp. I'm doing the best I can. I'm not going to let captivity zap my creativity. I'm not going to let grief steal my gift. I'm going to still be who I be, do what I do, love how I love, show up for others even when I need somebody to show up for me because I'm going to make this incarceration inspirational. Can I holler at some people? You ain't got to say man today. I'm here to remind you, while you're walking through your hell, keep creating heaven for others. While you're suffering, keep being a blessing to others. Even when you need help, keep giving help to others because it might be how God uses somebody you bless to turn around and bless you. And the reason he gets out is because a man he helped in prison remembered that he helped him. Preach, y'all. Dreaming got me in it, and dreaming's going to get me out. I cannot change who I am just because I'm in a rough place, just because I'm in a rough patch. Tell your neighbor, keep being who you be. I don't care if your whole family is jacked up. You keep being who you be. If God made you a lover, be a lover. If God made you a leader, be a leader. If God made you a dreamer, be a dreamer. If God made you generous, be generous. Now don't let people rob you. Don't let them leeches around you just suck all the life out of you. Put some boundaries up because leeches don't have boundaries. So the givers have to set them. But don't you let the prison steal your purpose. Am I making sense? Because some of y'all just sitting there looking at me like, huh? I'm telling you, at that job you don't like, stay faithful. At that house that's full of hell, you stay faithful. Because if I can be faithful and helpful to others in a season where I need it myself, I set myself up for a miraculous moment where God may use the very person I helped in their storm eventually turn around and help me out of mine. Is that too heavy on a Sunday morning? Y'all not feeling me? I told y'all I was at homecoming yesterday. Didn't I tell you I was at homecoming? Well, 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 well watch it, watch it, watch it. A brother who literally, see, see y'all be kind to the wrong people. You can't be kind to just the folk that run stuff and have big titles. I learned, I learned, you better be kind to the janitors, whoever's in the kitchen, whoever got the keys, whoever's the maintenance person. So I'm cool with all the people at Morehouse from 10 years ago when I was a student who don't have big titles, but they're big people. I know the guy who's over transportation. He's a member of my home church at House Open Atlanta. He hit me up and said, are you coming to homecoming? I said, absolutely. He said, when you get there, hit me. Where are you parking? I said, I don't know, but I am driving because I got a rental car. He said, well, when you get there, come down this street, turn down this street. I want you to park by the president's house. Now, if you know anything about Morehouse Homecoming, ain't no parking. He saved me a spot. Then after he saved the spot, he said, have you eaten? I said, no. He said, well, let's go by the president's house. They got a banquet in the backyard. 
Well, they were about to wrap up stuff. I had grits, I had eggs, I had everything I could find back there. I had a little fruit. And then I, I, he said, you good? I said, I'm great. He said, well, now let's go over to the president's tent. I said, I don't have a pass for the president's tent. He said, you don't need one, you with me. I'm going somewhere. I didn't walk across the campus. He's over transport. I got in a go-kart, in a golf cart, and rode across the campus. We went through traffic. You had to pay to go to homecoming. I ain't paid nothing. I ain't even know you had to pay. Because every gate, every blockade, every security place, he said, you with me. You think that's the shout, don't you? Here's what he told me while we were riding. I said, man, you being so kind to me, I can't believe it. He said, you forgot. Two weeks ago, my family came to visit fellowship, and you made sure they had somewhere to sit. He said, the love I'm showing you in Atlanta is because of the love you showed my family. And y'all sleep. I'm trying to tell you, you keep doing good. You keep being a good person. You keep operating in your gifts, flowing in what God told you to do. And God will flip that thing. And favor will find you that you don't have to chase. Surely goodness and mercy high five somebody say God will work that thing out for you you just keep taking care of people while you in prison you keep pouring into people while you're hurting you might have to limp you might have to struggle but just keep doing what you do and watch how all things work together for the good of them who love God to those who are the call according watch how I might not make it to the next point because that's all somebody needs to be reminded of. Don't let your storm kill your spirit. Don't let this junk steal your joy. Wake up every day. Say, this is the day. Hey, you reach over and shake somebody's hand and don't be disobedient. Shake it like you're going to shake it off and you sanitize it later. Say, neighbor, I'm in some seasons where everything is breaking down. But I choose to represent Jesus. I'ma give it all I got. I'ma help as many people as I can. I'ma pour as long as I can. I'ma, for the rest of my life, I'ma serve as long as I can. Through the storm, through the rain, through sickness, through pain, through divorce, through breakups, through diagnosis, through grief, through the funeral, through the sickness, I'm a servant. Because he may not come when I want it. I'm sorry, 8 o'clock, I just got happy. He may not come when I want him. But when he come, I'm going to want him. Yeah, yeah. In inspirational incarceration. You gotta still flow in your gift while you still grip with grief. Here's another one. You wanna know how you're gonna be all right? Here's why, here's why. Because you're gonna experience innumerable interventions. Innumerable interventions. Tell your neighbor, that's a big word. That's a big word. That's a big word. That's a big word. 
innumerable. That's just a $20 word with a little two-cent meaning. It means too many to count. It can't be numbered how many interventions are going to happen in your life. Because from just verses 1 through 13, God keeps intervening. He just, I, I just can't count how many times he just gets in it. Verse 14 says, and Joseph comes out the dungeon. But he would not have come out the dungeon if Pharaoh would have not had a dream. And if Pharaoh had not become restless about that dream, he would have never woke up talking about, I had a dream and I'm restless. All the folk around them are listening to Pharaoh talk about, I had this weird dream about cows and corn and I don't understand what it is. Well, if he hadn't been restless, nobody, the cup bearers, the armor bearers, uh, Pharaoh's support team, they wouldn't have heard he was restless. If he wasn't restless and if he hadn't said he was restless, then the cupbearer wouldn't have been standing there to say, I know somebody who I met when I was in prison. But if the cupbearer had never been thrown in prison, he would have never met Joseph. Can I tell y'all something? God is in all your chaos. Chaos is the material God uses to create. So the more chaos you have in your life, I'm telling you, God has more to work with. Y'all not listening to me. Pharaoh's restless. He starts expressing himself. There's a cupbearer who was once in prison with Joseph. He happens to remember Joseph and says, I know somebody that can help you. The reason why Joseph makes it out is because God kept getting in it. He was in the restlessness. He was in the prison sentence of the cupbearer. He was in the memory of the cupbearer. Because sometimes you got to thank God for the people who called your name and didn't forget you. And you got to be the kind of person that don't forget the people who helped you when you were. Because some of y'all so bougie now. Some of y'all just so, oh God, you don't even speak to people like you used to. You used to walk in and hug everybody. And you got one little raise and moved to the other side of town. And now you just give people your fingertips. You don't even, hey, how are you? Just so good to see you today. God, if you don't sit yourself down, somebody prayed for you, girl. Somebody went to war for you. Somebody called your name in a room you had not entered in yet. Somebody recommended you. Somebody holler, God's got in it. And I dare you right now, without me having to holler for the next 10 minutes to just give God praise for all the times he jumped in your story and made a way out of no way, just stepped in it. And used every setback for a setup. Used every storm to water your garden. Used every enemy to become a footstool for your success. God will use whatever God's got to use to get you where he needs to get you. Tell somebody, you're going to be all right because you got a God who's in the middle of your life working things out. Can I prophesy to you right now, the reason you ought to shout like you're going crazy on this fifth Sunday of October is because God is already in next week. God is already in next month. 
God is already in next year and he's intervening in the future in moments you hadn't even got to yet. And it's the ugly stuff that's going to lead to the beautiful stuff. Dr. Dominique Robinson, one of my closest friends, visited the Grand Canyon, and she said she stood there amazed at the Grand Canyon. If you've ever gone there before, it is a fascination, fascinating piece of ge geological artwork. Uh, it's just masterful. And I said, Dom, how'd they create? How did the Grand Canyon get created? I'm just curious. She said, I was too. And I asked the tour guide, how did this happen? Billions of years ago, the Colorado River began to cut through a piece of the canyon. And the weight of the rocks were not stronger than the power of the water. When you look at the Grand Canyon, you are witnessing years and centuries of collision and erosion. What we call beauty today is really something that's been breaking down over time. So what you think is falling apart might be falling in place. You're free to shout right there. You're free to give God praise because that applies to your house. That applies to your children. That applies to your diagnosis. That applies to your job. That applies to everything. Whatever you think is falling apart is really falling in place. I'm done because I got to get you out of here. You're going to have an inspirational incarceration. You're going to have innumerable interventions. Can I give another reason you're going to be all right? Because you're going to witness like Joseph, incessant increases. Yeah, I feel like using my words today. Incessant increases. You know what incessant means? Back to back. Over and over. Routine. Uh-huh. Perpetually. Continually unstoppably, indubitably, consistently. Oh, y'all don't know when to shout. Because all them words I just said, I said you're going to experience back-to-back -back increases. I told you I don't know when to shout you're still sitting there just looking at me. I said you are going to experience back-to-back, -back, perpetual, consistent, unstoppable, increases now last week go to verse 52 last week I told y'all that Joseph had two sons uh-huh and, and and the sermon I got so happy I ain't tell y'all but about one of them I told y'all about Manasseh and Manasseh's name means what God has made me forget but I got so happy, I ain't tell y'all about the second son. Second son is named Ephraim. Let church say Ephraim. Do you know what Ephraim means? It's right there in verse 52. For God has made me fruitful in the land of my misfortunes. King James Version says, in the land of my sorrow. Another version says, in the land of my affliction. Can I license you for 10.5 seconds to look at somebody and preach and say, neighbor, the reason you ought to rejoice.
is because God is going to add it up in the same place people tried to subtract it all he's going to make you fruitful in a strange place he's going to make you fruitful in a broken place he's going to make you fruitful in a painful place he's going to make you fruitful in a wounded place he's going to make you fruitful in a tearful place he's going to make you fruitful in a grieving place he's going to make you fruitful in a suffering place he's going to make you fruitful in a barren place he's going to make you fruitful in a broken place he's going to make you fruitful in a lonely place he's going to make you fruitful in a locked up place he's going to make you fruitful in a place you were supposed to die but before God made him fruitful you got to remember what Joseph's name means Joseph's name means Jehovah has added so his whole life every time somebody tried to subtract every time somebody tried to snatch every time somebody tried to divide his name meant God has added can you look at your neighbor for the last time this morning and say neighbor I don't mean to bother you tell them my name is Joseph because everywhere I look God keeps adding adding strength are y'all awake in the balcony adding power adding joy adding increase adding promotion and sometimes I don't get a promotion but he adds energy to help me make it through what I can't change won't he add joy won't he add laughter won't he add some money won't he add some friends won't he add some mentors no weapon how about three people say you'll be alright you'll be alright you'll be alright God has not given you a spirit of fear but of love of power and a sound mind you'll be alright cause yea though I walk through the valley of this I feel like preaching who through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou prepares help me preach like you know the word he prepares a table in the presence he anoints my cup you'll be alright you'll be alright this too shall pass you can make it through this your story you may be broken but you're breathing praise him you may not come out whole but you came out when I was working on this sermon I thought about my executive assistant 
who really is my boss, Deacon Linda Denard. She doesn't know it, but the last few months, she's been in and out of the hospital. They're trying new treatments with her rare cancer. And when I saw her, she had a cane. And if you know Deacon Linda, Deacon Linda is self-sufficient. She's her own boss. And she don't even want to look like she's in pain. But Deke, what blessed me about you lately is I've seen you show up to work with your cane in your hand. You, you limp a little bit now, but, uh, but, but the swag is the same. And the spirituality is the same. And your soulfulness is the same. And God said, every time you walk with that stick, it's a reminder I may not be whole, but at least I'm still here. And somebody ought to praise God that you're here. Don't matter if I got a walker. Don't matter if I'm limping. Don't matter if I got to use a cane. Look at your neighbor and I promise I'm done. Say, neighbor, I don't mean to bother you, but I got to tell you, out of every dungeon I've been in, I'm still here. And it's by the grace of God. Look at him, say, help me shout. Help me rejoice. Because I'm living with a limp, but I'm still living. Living with a sickness, but heavy on the living. Living with a diagnosis, but I'm living. Lost some stuff. Lost some people, but I'm still here. I'm sorry, y'all. It's too early to praise for y'all, huh? This is my early service. Y'all just waking up. Y'all need your coffee. Y'all need some grits and croissants. Well, take a few minutes and praise God for no other reason than you're here. You don't need no music. Just open your mouth and praise your God because you're here. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I've already come. Grace has brought me safe thus far. Look at y'all still just looking around. I dare you to close your eyes. You were by yourself in the dungeon. You were by yourself when you were going through hell. Get by yourself in this room and give God some glory for your survival, for your comeback, for your resurrection.
still here. That's a whole book. That's a whole autobiography. I might not ever write a big book, but let me give you my little book. I'm still here. The doors of the church open, I gotta stop, cause I'm too happy. Cause y'all don't know what I know. Y'all don't know like I know. What the Lord? Yes. God be the glory. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, thou has been our refuge and our strength a very present help in trouble. Thou has been our dwelling place in all generations. So Lord, we just say thank you. Some of us have been in some dungeons and nobody knows it because you brought us out of it. Some of us are in some dungeons right now. We're in dark places, lonely places, where we feel like nobody else really understands. But Lord, just like you intervened, just like you gave increases, and you kept adding up victory, I pray you do it for the people under the sound of my voice right now. God, help us to stay faithful in prison. Help us to keep being a blessing even when we need a blessing. And you will use the person who we bless to turn around and bless us. God, remind us to not get weary in our well-doing, for we shall reap if we faint. So God, for the rest of our lives, we commit ourselves to walking with you. God, if there be someone here who heard this message today and they need a new walk with Christ, 
they need a church home, a place to call home, or they just need to make some changes because life has been a little out of order lately. I pray, God, that you would lead them to walk down these aisles. The deacons are standing. Our first touch ministry is standing here. But, Lord, I need you to touch somebody's heart today and set them free to walk forward into new possibilities. So, Lord, move like only you can move. So somebody comes to Christ, somebody joins this church, or somebody makes some changes. So like Joseph, they'll be able to declare, eventually, we'll be all right. In Jesus' name, amen. The doors of the church are open. If I'm talking to you and you need to come, come out the balcony, come out the back. Man, woman, boy, girl, come shake my hand today. If you need a new walk with Christ, if you need a church home, come on, I know it's a lot on you, but you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right as long as God is God for the rest of my life. God bless you, my sister. I, I came back just for you. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm waiting on you, 8 o'clock. I'm waiting on you. Come on.
Melissa, can you help me thank God for these two that have come today? God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my sister. I pray this word marks the beginning of a new season for you all. I pray your mindset, how you look at life, everything just shifts. Because you know, even if I don't come out whole, at least I can still come out. And the, and, and the excitement in Toni Morrison's words, and the grandeur of life is that I attempt, I stay fearless, and I do it the best way I can. We all gonna die, we know that. But while I'm here, we gonna live and give it the best we have to the glory of God. I wanna put you in the hands of our First Touch ministry. God bless you, my sisters. Come on, eight o'clock service, welcome them in, welcome them in. Come on, wherever you are this morning, put those hands together. sermon both out of the same chapter book of the Bible one o'clock service the Lord led me to just give people an opportunity to sow into the word and I want to give you the same opportunity right now if this word released something for you and you want to connect your faith to these proclamations these spiritual declarations that I've made some people get leery when this kind of stuff happens it's just faith I'm not giving you any tricks no gimmicks if you want to sow into the word you receive today, 
so that it can be activated in your life and your seed is a sign. I stand in agreement with what was spoken over my life today. I want to just give you a moment before I head to the back to shake some hands. I want to give you a moment to come at this time so you can sow a seed right here at this altar. Go ahead and do it. Don't wait on nobody else. You do what you need to do for you. If you want to give online, you can do that. But this seed is separate from tithes and offerings. It's just a seed to say, I believe I'm going to be all right. I need some interventions in my life. I trust the hand of the sovereign God to get in things and work through things and pull beauty out of ugliness. Just lay that seed right here. If you want to grab your phone and give, the seven ways to give on the screen, go ahead and do it right now before you forget. Just sow into the word today, the word, the word of God. What happened to Joseph can and will by faith happen for each and every one of us. God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. God will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. God will intervene and do the miraculous that only God can do. Oh yes. For those of you who've already given or those who are not given, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you don't remember anything else, Remember, Pharaoh got Joseph out in a hurry. Tell him, don't be shocked when you come out of some stuff quicker than you expected. Y'all ain't ready for church. I'm in revival mode and y'all still on Fifth Sunday Energy. I said, you're going to come out in a hurry. Acceleration. Certainly blessed. I'm trying to tell y'all. Y'all heard me, but you didn't hear me. Come on up out of this thing. Come on up out of that depression. Come on up out of that anxiety. Come on up out of that valley. Come on out of that thing. So you can live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. Stretch your hands towards these seeds and speak this word. God, we sow these seeds because we believe our harvest is already scheduled. Help us to wait until it shows up and whoever sacrificed to sow this seed shock them this week with your favor bless them this week with more than they expected turn something around that they can't fix for themselves send your joy send your peace send your strength in the name of Jesus let the whole church say Amen. Y'all better leave me alone. I feel like having chat. Put those hands together and praise them. We got to get up out of here. I feel too good. I'll keep you in here to 1045. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy birthday to you. You got something to dance about. Hey! Won't it keep you? Won't he bless you? Won't he work it out? I've seen him do it. I've seen him, I've seen him. 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 Through the storm, through the rain, through sickness, Lord knows through pain. We're still here. We're still here. We're still here. We're still here. Praise him, because you're here. We got to go. May your struggles keep you near the cross. May your troubles show that you need God. 
May your battles end the way they should. And may your bad days prove that God is good. I pray your whole life keeps on proving that God is good. Hug somebody and say, he'll get you out in a hurry. He'll get you out in a hurry. He'll get you out in a hurry. He'll work that thing out. Flip it before you know it. Hey!
Hey family, I pray you've been blessed by this message that God gave me. I hope you stay connected to Fellowship Chicago through YouTube, Facebook, or our website. Go to fellowshipchicago.com today and make sure that you stay updated on all of the great things that are happening on the ship. Until we meet again, may you be blessed by the power, the peace, and the provisions of God. Peace, peace.